Welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater of the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode. And leave a five-star review while you're there. Also, I have the great honor to announce that Block Talk was nominated for a 2020 Glam Award for Best Podcast. And guess what? You can vote for me to win. Head on over to glamawards.net slash voting and cast your vote for Block Talk as Best Podcast and Elation as Best Digital Series. Voting ends January 20th. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. If you've been to virtually any gay bar in New York City, chances are you've heard this legendary DJ spinning. It's one of the most supportive people in all of nightlife. Say hey to the Glam Award winning DJ Two-Face. Hello, how are you? There you go. You gotta have that all the time. Welcome to Block Talk. I'm so excited to have you on. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Oh my God. You you really are a a legend of New York City nightlife. I... I let other people say that. I won't say that myself. I'll say it. I'll say it for everybody. But no, you, I, I, is there a venue you've not DJed at? Uh, certain ones I haven't, I, have, I haven't worked at. But, you know, I am happy to be able to work at the ones that I do work exactly. at. Exactly. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about all of those and all of your experiences and everything. But I love to start from the very beginning and get to learn about okay. you pre-nightlife. So where are you originally from? I am originally from Chicago, but I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. Nice. So, and I know you're a big uh, football fan. So those, yeah. those are two big places for some football. And we're going to get into football yeah. later. But <laughs> what was life like in f- going from Illinois to Florida? Uh, well, I moved to uh, Jacksonville when I was 10. Mm-hmm. So like, um, it was, I, I guess I don't remember much. It was more just moving uh, my parents had got divorced and my mom wanted to move to Jacksonville and she just wanted to start a new life for us. And um, and I, at first I didn't follow her because I was like daddy's boy, mm-hmm. but then I grew up and I was like, oh, it's time to leave. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. So one of the other big changes is you went from having like four seasons to just hurricane season and <laughs> rainy weather all the time. How, yeah. how, how did you adjust to the weather? Uh, I got used to it. I mean, it's funny because like, and in, in like, I mean, I guess in Florida, we have like hurricane parties as people have yeah. like, so it's like, we always know because in Jacksonville, it's like the hurricanes never hit. It always like comes to Jacksonville and either goes up to the Carolinas or like yeah. goes around the coast and moves. So we always are like, oh, it's not going to hit. It's never going to hit. So it's like, it's most of the time the bars have hurricane parties. People just come, have a good time, or you like have all your friends over and you just like wait it out. <laughs> nice, yeah. I mean, I always, there, there were a few times when uh, I thought we were going to get some like actual hurricanes here in New York. Um, yeah. Never happened. I wanted to have a hurricane party so badly, <laughs> but like nothing, nothing, nothing ever really hurt us. What were you like as a kid? Uh, I would say I was uh, like an introvert. I mean, I always had friends, but I have, I've never been that person to have, like, people over. 
Sure. Like I've never had like I've never had like the big parties. I had people over. I was like more like a you know in the books. No, it was band band geek. Uh, you know, then football. But like I was always like more to myself. Mm-hmm. I was in the church and stuff like that. So it was mostly everything was was more around like me going to church, my church friends who were also in school with me, and um, band and football. Yeah. So it sounds like music has really been a part of your life for a very long time. Do you know when it started to become a big part of you? Um, I guess it always has been. Mm-hmm. Like even when like it was, I was like, but it was like more of those things where I think it just came to me because like even like in when I was in band, I played like the uh, the tuba and a baritone, basically. Oh wow! Whatever, whatever fat kid plays. <laughs> um, but um, I never was able to learn. I could never. I never learned music. Mm-hmm. Like I never learned the sheets, but I could look at it and hear it by ear yeah. and I can just play it. So I was always like, I guess, like musically inclined, mm-hmm. but I guess mm-hmm. that kind of led me into DJing, which I never thought I would be a DJ. Yeah. It just eventually happened. <laughs> so I'm assuming it started when, once you came to New York. No, it came, it happened when I was in Jacksonville. Okay. So I've been DJing a while in Jacksonville. I uh, what happened was is like I came back from from college, and uh, my cousin was running a a bar, mm-hmm. and he was like the promoter. And then it ended up being like I was head security. So like one day the DJ didn't show up. He was late. So I was like, why not? You know. So I walked up there, and that's basically how it began. So it's kind of how I got named DJ Two Faces because like it was head security, and then I turned turned to doing DJing. So basically, I would like literally be DJing on the stage, and if a fight broke out, I would jump <laughs> off and like escort people out. So like that's and also like you know I love Batman and like Two Face the character. Yeah. So it all kind of came together. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> that's a good origin story. I don't know. Do many people know about that? Yeah, most people know about that, but like, yeah, so in Jacksonville, it was that, and mostly there, it was like more straight bars, and like, it was strip clubs, so mm-hmm. that's what I did mostly in, in Jacksonville, and that was kind of a family affair, because my cousin was like running, um, he was a promoter, my mom would handle the money, my sister was a bartender, my dad was a cook, and like, I was a DJ, so it was like a whole family affair thing that we actually, like, for a while... Uh, it was with High Life Music with my cousin, uh, Reggie. We kind of like ran Jacksonville and Duval and like the strip clubs and like that era. So like when I came here, it was easy, it's easy for me to deal with drag queens because I've dealt with strippers, <laughs> which like, you know, they actually bring knives and like cut each other and like shootouts. So it's like, a right, little, right. It, it's, it's like when they say they're going to do something, they do it. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. So let, let's talk about your journey to New York. What ultimately brought you to the Big Apple? Um, I just wasn't happy. Like I was making money. I just was not happy. And like being, it wasn't that I wasn't out, but it wasn't like, if someone asked me, I would say something, but it was like more because it's just so family oriented and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Like, I mean, my family loves me. So, but it was like, I just wanted to separate from that. And then like, I had a really bad experience when I went to a bar and ended up getting like, uh, choked out by like security mm-hmm. and like police and all that stuff and it was like one of those things where Jacksonville is just like a very like 
out of every place I've been to, because I've lived in Alabama and Mississippi, and I would say Jacksonville is probably the most racist place I've ever lived. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where I just needed to leave. And my friend, and it was like, before I was moving here, my friend was getting married. My friend, my best friend from school, Jen. And I kept coming here like every other month. And I was like, I'll just stay for a month, you know? And then I just never went back. <laughs> yeah, when, once you're here, it gets you. There, there, there's so, there's an alert in New York City. There's, we literally have everything you could possibly want in this town. I, I got here and I, like the, my first job was bartender and bar back in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Living in Brooklyn, then I then I worked at New York Sports Club for a while, which was the, and then I ended <laughs> up working at this like market foragers in Chelsea. I worked there for a while, and then I ended up working at the 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 cock. I mm-hmm. I was security at the cock cock for a long time, and that kind of led me back into DJing. So it wasn't like I came here to DJ. Sure, that's why it was like weird when a lot of people, I guess a lot of people knew me just being that person went out. I was like this large nightlife person that would go out in nightlife and just have a good time. That's when I was drinking and having a good time. So no one knew me as a DJ. So when I did start DJing, people kind of thought it was like, it would just happened overnight. But it's something right. I've been doing since 2008. Nice. So <laughs> what was the official first DJ gig in New York City? Oh, what was it? I think it was... Um, It was a Chris. It was a Christmas at a Barracuda. Oh, cool! My best friend, this was my best friend lived here. My best friend, uh, Aaron Pfeiffer, and uh, we became friends. Funny story. I it was a. Uh, it was because I was a DJing. I was uh, doing security at the cock. I always hang out at the cock, and I knew David Serrano from there. That's when he was mm-hmm. bartending at right. the cock, and then he was like, "I work at Barracuda on Sundays. You should come." And I ended up going Barracuda on Sundays and me and Aaron, the manager, kind of like just became friends. And like it kind of just snowballed into there. Like no one could DJ for this. It was like Christmas Eve. And he was like, why don't you DJ? And I was like, all right, why not? <laughs> there you go. And it literally snowballed from there. And it, snow- it basically snowballed from there. <laughs> this may be a hard question. But I'm curious to know if you have an answer. What makes a good DJ? Um, I think what makes a good DJ is the fact that he can, um, he's able to adjust to his surroundings. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. far as like, because with me, it's more like I am taking, I can do everything. So I'm more of a bar DJ more than like, and a club DJ more than like a specific genre. So like some clubs will, will, you know, have a different genre DJ, which, you know, you were, the party is centered around that. Right. But for me, a DJ is being able to like do, do it all. And it's also just like being able to be intuitive with the crowd because like you have to watch the crowd and a lot of people like get so drunk out of there and they don't not paying attention. And then like people complain about the music because the same thing over and over. It's more about like, knowing your crowd, being able to adjust, you know, you have to play for who's there. You can't play Absolutely. for yourself. Absolutely. I, it's one of those things where you put like maybe one or two songs that you like in a rotation and then like five songs that, you know, people will get people going. It's like a give and take. It's a give and take. It's not, you have to remember like you're being off, you're being hired by the bar right. to keep people in there. So the thing is you, 
it's not about you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So how, how do you find the music that is in the moment? Um, I, I subscribe to a lot of like DJ pools and stuff like that, but also just like, I don't like originals. Okay. So like most of the times that you've heard me play is like mm -hmm. never the original that came out on iTunes because like, I guess it's just, it's just, I guess it's more come from being like from Florida where you're in the car all the time. So you hear the same songs on the radio. Right. So like when you come to the bar for me, I don't want you to hear the same thing you heard on the radio. I want you to hear something like there's a twist on it. There's a mashup. You're like, I would have never thought those two songs would go together. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's cool. You know, I want to see you shazamming to see what, like, you know the song, but you're like, want to know what is this remix? Yeah, that's awesome. Now, are you someone that is, music is in your ear 24-7 or do you have to take a pause from listening to music at times? A lot of times when I'm at home, I, I can be in complete silence. Mm -hmm. Just because, I like, I don't want to hear anything yeah or like i'll put on the tv and watch the movie but now i i did get my vinyl so now i bought records so oh, nice. put, i'll just put on a you know a vinyl record and just like lay in a bed and just listen to music but it just it just depends but a lot of times i just i like to just hear the city the outside city noise like i'll have my yeah. window up and just listen to that and like i don't want anything in my ear because like i gotta go to work and i i'm gonna i know i'm gonna have that in my ear all the time so like at home it's very peaceful for me. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any musical inspirations? Like as far as either artists or other DJs or anyone that really makes you the the DJ that you are. Um. Well, a lot of the DJs I do love are like uh, the Carrie Nation, uh, Nita Aviance, um, Frankie Sharp. Uh, those people, David Serrano, because like I used to go out and party with him all the time. Mm -hmm. He's the one who really got me like the connections that I needed, you know. Uh, people like uh, David Michael. I love David Michaels. He, you know, he's so. I I am not in the production part right now, which I'm working myself more into. Mm -hmm. But he has the best remixes, and like we chat all the time. You know, it's, it's so much fun. I love I love all my DJs. And uh, yeah. New York has like a, a very eclectic group of DJs, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, like my friend John Ali, you have uh, you know, Borowski. You know, you have all these like Nikki Boombox, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and everyone's got their individual stamp on music. Yeah. Like, oh Ricky, you know he's gonna play Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Now, one of the the the, the fallbacks to DJing is you are going to get the drunk people coming up to you making requests and you have to do it with a smile on your face most of the time I'm sure there are people that you just bitch out but how do you handle requests what is the what is the proper etiquette that the listeners need to take when they approach you for a music request at one of the clubs you're at okay my thing is more is always more about respect mm -hmm. A lot of times it's like, if you come up to a DJ and be like, hey, how are you doing? You know, I don't drink, but like, hey, offer him a drink or hey, how's it going? You know, uh, I was wondering, you know, um, you maybe could you play this song and put it in rotation if you mind, you know? And I'd be like, oh, okay. But a lot of times other people would just come up to me like they're poking me. 
like they hope I'm like DJing, I'm in the mix. The worst time to ask for a remix or ask for a request is when the DJ is like mixing it to another song. But you have these girls that are like throwing they're like poking you in the side, and it's just like I'm like, and I that's when I get frustrated because I'm I'm like, if I I was like, I'm at a job, like it's a bar and we're all having fun, but at the end of the day, I'm still doing a job. Right. If I came to your job and like came by you and persistently just poked you, would you enjoy that? And someone told me, well, you know, you should be able to, you're a, you're a, in a, you're a DJ, you know, you don't want to be touched. You should be, you know, that's part of the job. No, you not, t- you touching me without permission is not part of my job. Right. <laughs> yeah. Some, some, some of these people, it's, it's wild to watch. Um, and, and they get mad. <laughs> they sure do. But I, my, my thing is always is like someone's, someone gets mad at me. I'm always like, well, you know, you know what? There is a, um, you know, I'm sure the bodega on the corner is playing a song that you want. Exactly. You know? Just sitting <laughs> there for a, bar, a couple hours. There's a bar on every corner. So my thing is like, it's a lot of people, times people request that people who I can, I can, I look at people. So I didn't know when they're going to request. And a lot of times people who really just walked in the door and they ran, I run up to the DJ. They haven't even soaked in like what's going on, how everyone else is feeling. Yeah. And they just want it to be their moment. I'm like, no. Soak it in, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and and if there's like a hot song that's out like right now, I'm, do I'm you find it. yourself playing it multiple times a night? It depends on the song. Mm-hmm. And it just like How many times do you have to play a Stupid Love in one night? I probably do it like twice. That may, okay. to me, but the thing is like a lot of times it's on a more on the weekend. So on the weekend, right. I'm at the bar at like on the weekends I was with um Fridays I was at um Playhouse and Saturdays I was at Hardware. So like for me, a typical Friday, Saturday is from seven to four. Right. So like towards like when people start coming in the 10, I might play it early, maybe three times, maybe less, mm-hmm. depends on what kind of remix I have. But like I'm not gonna play it over and over right. and over. And see, some people are like, they do that. You go to some bars and some DJs will play that song over and over every hour. And I'm, that's just so many songs. Yeah. There, you you've DJed in a couple different boroughs and a couple different areas of the city. Do you find that you have to adjust your music to the clientele of the bar? I mean, I do that regardless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, every every night I have, every like bar, it's like, it's. I have a quintessential sound, but like, it will fluctuate. I have remixes of almost everything. So it depends on where I am, what remix I can play. You know, I can sure. go to like, if I'm DJing in Brooklyn or I'm doing a rooftop, I can do an extended version, house version of a song. But like, if I'm like in Hell's Kitchen, it's like, I can't. Like, people have such short attention spans where it's like, <laughs> I need to find like the shortest remix or whatever to just keep the party moving. I don't have time to like, people don't really, when you like, I guess more in Manhattan, people don't really want to enjoy the music. They just want the next song. They want to see what they can put on TikTok now. TikTok or, you know, Instagram. You know, yeah. they have the Instagram moments. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, speaking of the digital world, we're, we've all been affected by COVID and bars shutting down and not for a period of time, not having live entertainment. You have been able to 
do some work digitally doing private events, DJing on your own. How has that been, has that been a challenge for you? Oh, it was a challenge in the beginning because like I was having some issues with like, um, I was doing just basically Facebook and Instagram. I wasn't going into Mm -hmm. Twitter and all that. I mean, I mean, into uh, Twitch and all that stuff. Right. So it was having like those issues, but like eventually I just like, I went a different route. I just started doing more uh, uh, creative playlists for certain bars that I would get paid for and doing like, doing my mix cloud. I would just like make a mix, put it on there and show my friends and they, they would show me love. And, but also I started doing a lot of private events. I did uh, a private event for, for uh, Facebook. I did one mm-hmm. for uh, Twitter and then I ended up doing a pageant for FIT right recently we just did a christmas party for egalite so i would say i wasn't i wasn't djing from march to july it was more like something is online sometimes mm-hmm. i tried to start to do something i never really delved into it but i was doing like private stuff and then once july hit i ended up getting on fire island and i was out there once a week and sometimes twice and then that kind of snowball right coming back in here until like Recently, I was back at four, I was waking, working four nights a week. So now that we have the shutdown, I, I guess I have to like figure out more things, but I've been okay where like, sure. I've noticed like it's for me, it's more quality to, than quantity. Like Absolutely. this Friday, I'm doing a, a digital gig with Brita Filter called mm-hmm. Unfiltered. And um, so it's more me, like people been reaching out to me to do like digital stuff than me like putting on like, that because like I obviously I love DJ, but at the end of the day, it still needs to make me money. Absolutely. And for me, it's 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 harder to make money from online without and I mean if you're in towards I mean in retrospect to like a drag queen. A drag queen can basically get right on, talk a few minutes, and like the Venmo will start coming in. Right. As whereas a DJ, they're like, hey, hey, how you doing? Blah blah blah. But like no one's like really appreciate you. It's always like a more, I love your music than tipping you. I was also like in a bar. It's always like, oh, I had a great night. But it's like, there's no like monetary appreciation for it, which, you know, it's fine. It's, it doesn't. Do you you leave a tip bucket out when you do DJ live? When I DJ. Live in in a bar. In a bar. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. I mm-hmm. more started doing it towards when I started at Playhouse because like it was more an area where I could like kind of put a bucket out sure. and I could like see it, you know. But other places it was more as like you know I just tell people my Venmo, you know they come up and tip me. But like it's like I love DJing, so like I know that's I could have been more pushing about putting it out there. But like sometimes it's like I just want to DJ. I don't have to worry about that. I want to be like sure. you enjoy the music you want to do that on your own, like not me pushing you to do it. Right. Absolutely. Since you've come onto the scene, how has nightlife changed and has it changed for the better or for worse? Mm. I think it's just going in a different route. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of the parties that I used to do or used to have fun at like are no longer things mostly because venues have changed and and things like that. But I guess because 
I think it's, I mean, it's changed for me in the sense that I've, I've worked more. So it's right. like, I've, it's been harder for me to like really, you know, engage what goes outside of my schedule. Because a lot of people are actually like, what's the next party? What's going on? And I, you know, I'll tell them, you know, go look up, you know, uh, Jim's, you know, the Thodyssey to see what's going on right. for the week. Because for me, it's like, if I'm not getting paid, I'm more invested in the things that I'm working at than knowing what else is going on in the world. Absolutely. Because people are like, you know, is, what party is going on? I was like, I don't know. Like this party closed down. I was like, well, I was never a part of that party. So I can't tell you about that. But I guess, I think things have, I think it's just different because like, you know, drag race has impacted things too. Absolutely. And um, nightlife has just changed to where like, I feel like it's more like, a, obviously it's supposed to be for money, but I feel like things have gone away from actually, you know, putting on a party to like have everyone enjoy. It's become more of a cash cow for like, uh let's let's do this let's do this let's do this let's steal from this bar let's yep. do this let's like everyone wants to copy it's and, and it's it's a cool you know nothing no ideal is original anymore absolutely obviously. absolutely but you've gone into that that realm where bars will like literally you know go after the same entertainment on the same night that they have in the thing and try to steal them rather than like creating things on their own yeah, I it's we're gonna we'll we'll talk more in depth on that kind of thing shortly. But I I totally hear you, and as as someone who is not a queen myself, I I observe it as well, and it, it's it's crazy to see some of these venues pull the shit that they do. Yeah, it's it's it I I don't fathom it, but it happens. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to play the first game. It's called This or That. I'm going to give you two okay. options, and you're going to pick the one you prefer. Okay. Day or night? Night. Winter or summer? Winter. Text or call? Text. McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's. Soup or salad? Soup. Work hard or play hard? Work hard. Heat miser or snow miser? Snow miser. Pop or rock? Pop. Metal or opera? Opera. Bob or Monet? <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw it in there. <laughs> and we're not getting an answer out of that one. It's okay. It's okay. All right. You've attended a lot of drag shows. You've DJed for a lot of queens at a lot of bars. Is there a singular performance that sticks out as the most memorable? Um, okay, I would say not, it, it wasn't in a bar. It was mm -hmm. on tour. On the last tour that we went, it was, I, you know, I toured with Sibling Rivalry right. as a tour DJ. So our last night in the UK and we like, um, if I we do drag suicide, and I was able to in a, in a, in a moment of them talking, record a transition from a song to another song, so I could do the because uh, we had choreographed the Frock Destroyers dance. Yep. Mm -hmm. so I was able to like, and uh, in the moment, I was like, let me do this. So like, I made a transition where it went into that song, and I left the DJ box because I was up I was upstairs, and they were on the stage. So I literally ran down. 
Mm-hmm. And they were like, I got on stage and we did like the whole moment and like everyone went wild. And it was just, I mean, it was, it was so magical. And like that night, after the after the night, Bob Monet, we all cried on stage, staring ovation. And it was just like, it's so like I love New York City, but it's always fun to like go out of the country and and um and get that validation or the appreciation Absolutely. that sometimes you don't get at home because like people forget how talented you are at home because like there's so many talented people here. Mm-hmm. So like they they just they forget about that. So when you go out and no one knows you, so much fun. So like I mean that's always gonna be like my number. One. I I mean I remember seeing it. I think it was on Davina's uh, Instagram first, Probably, yeah. <laughs> and I like immediately messaged her. I was like, "Oh my god, that's Two Face!" I it was so good, and it it made the rounds. It went pretty viral. Yeah, yeah. and it was it was. I mean, it was just fun. It was it was something that I just I literally did in the moment. Like I yeah. literally recorded that part of the mix and put that into a song and like literally ran down there and then had to run back up for the next song. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, anyone listening knows my affinity and my love and passion for the Frock Destroyers. So for me, that was a really fun, magical moment to see. Have you listened to their new album? I, you know what, I did. It's good. It's I like really it. Good. It's, really it's, really good. Good. it's really good. It's really good. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the day when bars are open again and I can dance to Her Majesty. And we can dance to, you know, everything. I saw the UK yeah. just, they just announced. Yeah, literally theater. at the time of recording, they dropped their cast. <laughs> and I'm like, can we just take a little break? Can season 13 have some glory? But I'm excited. This looks like a fun little group. And I know, um, slightly spoiler for some people, they did have to take a pause because they started filming in March. Yeah, they, so they, they, uh, I'm excited. My friends from UK told me that they were like, they had to break. So my thing, I, I'm interested in that because if they're taking a break, and if someone was so good in their first half, but then they mm-hmm. stunk the second half, like mm-hmm. did they edit it to make it seem like they were still as good as they were before? Exactly. You, I'm, you, I, I, mean, I mean, because they, if you got all the notes that you need to improve and you have like a two month gap, you can improve those notes and come yeah. back. Well, the rumor that I had heard was they were all told literally do not touch a single thing. Like costumize everything. You, this is, we are pausing and when we're allowed to film again, we will start from that point. Obviously, we'll, they'll discuss COVID in the show, but I, w- I was told nothing was allowed to be changed. Um, it was just a slight little pause. And I, b- I believe it was like, they didn't restart filming until like November. So I mean, even if you didn't do your castings, I mean, some people couldn't improve their makeup or like whatever. Yeah. So it, it's an interesting to see like. Yeah, it's going to be, I'm excited think, for Can it. you tell the difference in the breaks? Exactly. I, I, it's definitely something I'm going to be looking forward to. What makes a good drag performance? For me, I, I guess it's different because coming from Florida, I was conditioned a certain way. I was conditioned into glamour, mm-hmm. walking around collecting tips, like the song would end, the song would begin again. So when I came to New York, my first perform, my first drag performance thing was Bob for well, Kitten mm-hmm. with a Whip, <laughs> and it was from what I was used to, it was totally different. I didn't think right. that drag could be that. So like the first time, I was like, "What is this? Like, like what is she? You know, like I was like, what is this? Like it was comedy, but it wasn't really drag. She didn't change out. I was just like, I didn't right. get it. 
But like once I dove in, I was like, okay, this is entertaining. And then you delve into more because when I came, I didn't really do know much about Broadway. But obviously, working with drag queens, that's the first thing you learn. Exactly. <laughs> so it was it was so interesting to just you know to see the difference. And I guess for me, it's just more like it's about the it's about just like you know a great performance. You know, I mean, all around like you. And, but it's like doing what you could do best. Like literally, I work with Jasmine Rice LaBeija. I love her. You mm-hmm. know, she could be lazy sometimes. And, um, but like, she literally could sit there and talk to you for an hour and you're entertained. Yeah. Without doing the number. Mm-hmm. Hey, people watch your sleep you know? on, on Facebook Yeah. Live. Like Bob Monet, like they've, like they've all conditioned to where like they can, you know, you, my thing is like, it's about connecting with the audience. Like, you know, some performances, they feel like you need to, you need to perform number at the number at the number at the number. Right. But for me, the, the best direct performance is being able to, like, you don't have to do as many numbers. Like, right. talk to the crowd, pull the crowd in, you know, connect with them and see what they want, you know? That's why I kind of, it was so ir- weird when I had to do all the direct suicide thing, which was interesting. And, um, which is kind of one of my least favorite things to do. That's but fair. I can one of the things that, that people think that I'm good at. And I, I basically learned that from going to people like when I used to go to the help all the time, when I used to go to it, uh, when it was Bob and Pixie, mm-hmm. and I would go see uh, Patrick Kassar. And I kind of learned doing drag suicide from him. Because um, basically when he left, I kind of became the new Patrick. Right. <laughs> When he moved to, to LA, I became like I kind of started like doing his gigs and like I like kind of like developed more into things. So sure. I gotta say, a great performance is just like you know, you know, connecting. Like I love Pixie. I love she can dance and kick and she can give you shade and it's just funny, you know. And but she can she's always she can also educate you. Like she does this, the Anna Navarro number with Donald Trump, which you can she can still do now and it's still relevant you know right. and people love those numbers you know i love those drag queens that have signature numbers where people like no matter how many times they hear it they mm-hmm. want to hear it they come to Absolutely. the bar like i want to hear that song even though you're like oh my god i heard this song like for me i'm sitting in the booth lip syncing the same i'm lip syncing the song <laughs> because i know i know all the movements like britta a lot of her like her cat number yep. i could do it i can literally do, be in the booth and do every movement she does and listen yep. at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I think this goes along with what I'm about to ask you, but you've seen so many queens grace the stage in New York City, and you've watched some young baby queens turn into international superstars. What makes a drag artist become a star? I think it's, it's about putting in the work. You know, some people do have that leg up where they're like associated with someone. So then they will get those opportunities. But the thing right. is, is about, you know, getting those opportunities and like, and pushing forward. We have people like my uh, elect- uh, electrolyte, mm-hmm. where she like came to the city new and was just in drag all the time. She went to every gig, every gig, every gig. And eventually you just kept seeing her face. And then she started like, you know, girls would give her like, you know, hey girl, you're, you're in drag, come do a number, you know, because she became right. friends with, with, with all the girls. And then she eventually became like my number one uh, backup girl. Mm-hmm. Like if a girl is out, I'm going to call her. You know, like I started doing Sundays with, uh, I mean, I, 
my Saturdays at Hardware have been interesting <laughs> because it was first it was uh, Roxy Brooks, then it became Monet Exchange, then it was Tina Burner, and now recently it's been Brenda uh, Darling. Mm-hmm. But like when Brenda Darling is out, I'll call Lecture Life because like she, I've seen her grow, I've seen her makeup grow, I've seen her artistry grow, and it's because she's put the work in. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of these girls get so enamored by drag race that it becomes where it's not they lose the love of drag sure it's like oh i'm not gonna put on drag if someone's not paying me but i'm like girl if you have, don't have the experience and no one knows you like you need to put on drag and go support the Absolutely. thing about becoming a superstar is going is paying your dues you need to go out and support 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 and when people start saying that you support and do it you, you grow up. It's like, right. those people are like, oh, well, this girl will never book me from a show. But, like, but have you ever been to a show? Exactly. I don't some know why it's so hard Pixie. for some, some people to understand. Some people say that about Pixie sometimes. Like when we had our drag swap, they're like, I love to do that show. I'm like, but you've never gone to the show. You've right. never, you know, you've never done, you know, you, you never supported. So why am I going to go on the internet scurrying to find you when you should be trying to find me Right. And Absolutely. put the work in. Everyone thinks like you put on a face and like, and that's it. And they're going to drag race. But it's like, you have to put the hard work in. I mean, some Absolutely. people, are, some people skate by, but for the most part, you need to put the work, hard work in. So you mentioned Electrolyte. Who else do you think will be the stars of tomorrow? <laughs> who, who should we be uh, looking out for? Um, I guess it just depends. I mean, you have girls who are already doing their thing, but like sometimes they get overlooked. Like mm-hmm. I feel like Laguna gets overlooked a lot. Like she is doing her things, but I feel like in the group, a lot of times she gets overlooked. But she's just as powerful as vocalist. It's, 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 it's raw talent. Just it's, it's... just as you know, great as the other girls. So seeing as the other two have getting on Drag Race, I'm hoping to see her. I think her last, time is next. The last, you know, the last round, you know? Yeah. Her time is next. It's, it, it will happen. <laughs> she is, she's incredibly talented. Like, I, I remember when I was judging um, Lady Liberty, once again, Jan won, Rose won, but Laguna never got that title. And I was like, that's just, she's so fucking good. She deserves it. But we're going to play another game. It's called TRL, Total Request Later. As a DJ, you've got you get a lot of requests, and Lord knows I've requested a bunch in my time. But it's up to you to set the mood and the song. In this game, we are rapid fire. I'm going to give you an artist, and you're going to pick the song you'd play of theirs. Okay. We're going to try. We're going to go rapid fire. What's on the oh, top of your mind? I'll give okay. you. They'll be easy, easy people. So we're going to start off with Beyonce. Uh, Love on top, Ted Smooth remix. All right, Rihanna. Uh, Rude Boy. Cardi B. Press. Nicki Minaj. Uh, Moment for Life. Jennifer Lopez. Uh, Get Right. Lady Gaga. Uh, Applause. Dua Lipa. Uh, Future Nostalgia. Kylie Minogue. Uh, where does the DJ go? There it is. 
Robin. Uh, call your girlfriend. Little Mix. Um, power. Ariana Grande. Uh, focus. Miley Cyrus. Uh, anything off the Bangers album. All right, all right. Dolly Parton. <laughs> um. Uh, what's the one about the cheap? Uh, I'll just say nine to five. All right, all right. <laughs> Abba. Um, Dancing Queen. Share. Uh, Song of the Lonely. Celine Dion. All by myself. Madonna. Um, Girl Gone Wild. Mariah Carey. Uh, thirsty. Whitney Houston. Um, uh, how would I know? And finally, Donna Summer. Uh, last Dance. Love it. See, these are great songs. Yeah. yeah Two Faces got you covered. Go tip him and you will get some excellent music. Why is nightlife so important to the queer community? I think it just gives uh, us an outlet. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, they have jobs where they can't be themselves or like they're just stuck in a cubicle and like they just, you know, their life is just not what they want it to be. And I feel like, you know, the queer space is not like they give people just like that you know, be able to be around their friends and just be them. Then you have the DJs, you have the drag queens. It's like everyone, for the most part, is so like, um, it's like a family. You know, even if I don't know you, I'll, you know, someone will strike up a conversation with you and then you can become friends instantly, you know, and that would never happen. You know, it it wouldn't happen naturally on the street, I guess. Sure. Um, but I guess it... it it's different. It's weird sometimes because, like, you have these all these dating apps who kind of like pull that interaction with people away from when you're, they're out and about, and people are so stuck on their phones a lot of times when they're out and about, but they're just not in the moment and having having that fun time. Yeah. No matter what, nightlife drama is inevitable, and Lord knows we all feed into it. <laughs> is there any way to avoid the drama, or is it just part of the gig? I mean, it's not going to like someone. Someone's not going to like someone. Someone's not going to like what someone said. You know, a bar is not going to like what another bar does. It's just, it's anytime you get gays together, there's going to be drama. <laughs> it's that's the truth. It's just, it's... I mean, it's, it's it's inevitable, you know. And then you know, pull in drag queens and all these personas, these big and like personas. You know, every is. It's just, it's bound to happen. And we all thrive on a drama. I mean, mm -hmm. look, that's the reason why we watch Housewives and we watch, you know, Drag Race. We, all these, like, Drag Race isn't a drag competition anymore. It's a reality TV show about Absolutely. drama. And that's why we watch it. You know, we, we thrive on drama. We hate drama, but we thrive on drama at the same time. Yeah. And it, 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 and it also, like, it, 
when you're like, ooh, this girl's like this girl, you're, you're like, you come out. You're like, oh, so I heard such and such, you know? So it becomes like this whole like telephone thing. <laughs> it, it, it is, because I mean, let, let's be real. The gays, we, we spread drama like wildfire. It just, yeah. it, it get, you find out immediately. And it's, it, yeah, sometimes it's hard to watch when it's one of your friends right. in, the, in the middle of it. But as an outside perspective, it's like, okay, I, I just want to see how this is going to end. And me, um, like me, I'm like a die to ride for my friends. So yeah. Like if, even if they're like in the wrong, I like spin it to the way where like, no, yeah. you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, that, and that's why I opened up this interview with saying you're one of the nightlife's biggest supporters. You are there for your people all the time, no matter what. And that's, I think what makes you so lovable and a, revered in the community is you think, are just there for everyone i think like recently like recently we've had like the whole thing with britta and it's like as far as me like we've worked together many years and we're doing this thing coming up and she's like one of my favorite people to work with you know and she has you know she has her demons but like you know the whole drag race thing kind of like you know it, it painted her in such a different light than we all know her yeah. So it made me it, it, it so it made me understand how people how we see other people that we don't know on drag race and like how they're painted, they might not be that same way. Because it was like she isn't that way, and just the way things unfolded for her was just they were just so unfair from the person that we know. So right. like I'm like anyone who said anything, I'm the first one to like no, 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 because like I'm just, that's the type of person I am. If like, Absolutely. we're friends and we work together and we we have this rapport and I know that you're not that person, I'm going to push to make everyone know that that's not, you might have seen that person on TV that way, but that's not that person in real life. You know, that person is lovable. Everyone loves this person. This is the party girl. You know, that, that it's all TV and smokes. And like, yeah, I mean, I, I, when I, when I do the, my recaps on the podcast, I remind the listeners, these are real people. What you're seeing is a television character that is edited by a pro- production team to create a narrative and story for their reality show to succeed. And obviously that was even more case now because of what happened in the last season. Exactly. So if you had to actually remove a person, what do you, you think the footage that they make it use to exactly. edit and like, create stories so now you know like there is a lot of part of it is editing and now you more know that now because like literally they had to take a whole person out sometimes and i know like a lot of people are like oh my god well you're you're taking away the magic of what reality tv is sorry but this is the truth (laughs) this is what happens with reality tv if you want to live in your fantasy that this is what the person is like in real life you live that fantasy your fantasy is wrong but it, it really was unfortunate because, again, I really do think Britta is one of the first people to really accept me in nightlife because right. I was brought into Lady Liberty to judge the season two finale. And her and Tara were just the most welcoming people ever to this scared kid trying to navigate what nightlife was. And I will forever be grateful to Britta for that. And it was really hard to watch this person who I adore get beat up the way she did. Right. And like um, so, constantly, like more than more than most girls that I've known, and like, and like, um, you know, in like the actual yeah franchise, and knowing that those people are actually those type of people. Exactly. So it's weird that we, when people get the criticism, 
but you know that person, you know that's the type of person they are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different. But when you know that person knows that isn't the type of person they are, it, it hurts because like yeah. I was crying because like I don't, you know, I it's I hurt I hate seeing my friends in pain over things. Like she was on the rise and like that kind of like halted it truly She's an entertainer of the year. She's yeah. a superstar. Yeah, it halted her drag it halted her drag career. I mean, yeah. as far as I mean, she's still going to be booked. I mean, the whole COVID thing didn't help, but like, it just halted her. It halted where she was going. She was right. rising, 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 and it kind of halted that. Yeah. Well, I mean, she recently, I think yesterday, posted. Um, I think it was 117 days of sobriety, yeah. which is an amazing thing. I want to talk a little bit about sobriety and nightlife. You're sober. Is there any difficulty with? having alcohol and drugs in nightlife being inevitable or do you just I mean, are you able to tune it out it's inevitable i mean people sometimes need their libations so just like chill out or like you know be a different part of them the unleash a part of them that they normally don't allow to be seen you know and sometimes that could be messy you know and sometimes it could be fun you know for me i mine was I when I was in Florida I was drinking a lot and I would like literally buy bottles of liquor at the store and bring them to work when I was at a strip club so I would I would drink a whole pint whole fifth of liquor like in the night and then drive home so I've been in a couple of accidents thank god I've never hurt anyone I haven't really hurt myself and I haven't Unfortunately, had a DUI, but like those realities could have happened. Mm-hmm. And then when I came here, I you know when I started here, I was a bartender and a bar back in Brooklyn, and that became me just like drunk all the time, all the time. And I think my last thing was like it was my sister, my sister, mom's birthday is around the same time, uh, Hollow like uh, Valentine's weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got so drunk at the bar, I don't remember how I got home. And my mom, it was like the second time my mom had to like clean up, throw up over me. And and I was like, at that point, I was like, you know, that's, I don't want that. And I'm an all or nothing type person. Right. So for me, I, I just cut alcohol out. So for me, it's not a problem. Like even right. with me sometimes, at, like at my house, I have, um, I have friends come over sometimes. So I always keep something here just like for friends. It, alcohol doesn't bother me it's not a trigger for me mm-hmm. so it it also helped me being sober helped my career because it kept me becoming clear and it also became like oh well you know i might not know how talented he is yet but at least i know he doesn't drink and he doesn't bring any drama mm-hmm. and he's responsible and he's going to do the job and um but like drugs and that is all part i mean when i came here i delved in anything everything you know and it's like it's a part of it's a part of that but like it doesn't have to be a part of your life you have so many successful people who are sober me you have you know bob you have marty go cummings uh jasmine's basically sober she might take a shot here and there or something like that but like you know you have a lot of these girls who like they actually they they don't drink and but they're still very successful in nightlife. Yeah, absolutely. So if someone's at, at one of your shows and they want to buy you a drink or a shot or something, what would you ask for instead? 
Uh, I used to sell them uh, water or Diet Coke for Red Bull. <laughs> Diet Coke Red Bull right there. Like, because the thing is, is like, there's no difference in price. I mean, you're still going to pay right. like, uh, <laughs> a Red Bull. So like, it's still, you know, con- contributing to the bar, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, we... I feel like the drag queen or something like that. You know, they, sure. they drink, you know? Yeah, I love that. Well, we are going to play everyone's favorite game. It's called Tea Time, where you're going to spill some tea on some of your favorite friends, colleagues, drag queens, people you worked with. You can give us real tea. You can just say you love them. Whatever you want to share, it's up to you. And we've we've talked about it already, but let's start off with Brita Filter. What about it? Anything, any, any story, tea, whatever you want to share. Favorite favorite at Milman with her. Uh, I mean, there's no real tea with her. My, one of my favorite problems is, is always when she's like on stage performing. Mm-hmm. She is like one of those queens. She you give her, uh, you know, you give her uh, a ballot, and she's gonna open that big ass mouth <laughs> and just belt, and it's gonna make you cry. Yeah, <laughs> there's been times where like I haven't felt great you know I've lost people and like I've gone to a show and I've had a show with her and like she'll just you know sit there and uh she does that Jennifer Hudson uh I know where I've been yeah and like that's that song like you can see like when she was going through her issues I could see the pain that she was releasing through performing that song and like I've like it one the last time I saw it it just made me cry because Mm -hmm. like you know I it's a powerful song. Absolutely. That's a really powerful song. Yeah, she does it very well. <laughs> Next up is she she's got yet another viral video going around. Jasmine Rice LaBeja. <laughs> I had three just, people send me that video yesterday. Oh, that I was, you know, that was I was there. That was our uh our night. So that guy bought the bar. He's the one, he bought the bar of uh, all shots. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of the night, he was like, uh, can you play? The end, night was ending. He asked me, can I play Robin Show Me Love? Uh, not Show Me Love, Robin, Robin, yeah, Robin Show Love. Yeah. Robin S. And um, and then he went up there and was like, she was taking pictures with people. You know, it's the last night of, you know, indoor dining. So, like, she was actually taking pictures with people, you know. And he just went a little too crazy. And uh, I was like, most of, we thought she had got landed on her head, but after we watched the video, she didn't land on her head. But like it's like it happened so fast. Right. We were like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we saw him outside and he was like arguing with his friends and he was like, Where's the after party? I was like, Oh Lord. So he was one of those. He, oh, was, boy. he was he was visiting. So he was he was friends of a friend. And he was just he was wild. Yeah. Jasmine is I love Jasmine because she's the queen of. I mean, she doesn't do. I mean, she's the one who basically created Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> all her rants, you know, and everything, all her things are always truths, you know. I mean, she's one of my good time gals. We like go out and have dinner together and we like literally just sit around and talk shit about everything, everyone. And, you know, it's, it's fun. She's one of my, she's one of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we got Pissy Miles. Oh, I love Pissy. Pissy's uh, Pissy has amazing voice, mm-hmm. and she is funny. Oh, she's she is hilarious. 
She's she's hilarious. She doesn't get the record. I would say she's more on the. I I forgot. She's like I would say she's one of the people that I, I want to see prosper more because like her voice is like and her parodies mm-hmm. they're actually good parodies and uh but she's just so she's so fun i'm yeah. not really happy to you about her she's just like i love i mean i love working with her we just rec- we have recently just started back up our thursdays with me and her like and it's just like what what i love about her is more that we are like i do get the chance to talk with all my other girls, but her is a more sit down, chat back and forth kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's always fun when I have like when it's like a one on one thing. And uh and we literally just sit there and chuckle and talk shit. And uh you know I'm very funny on the mic. <laughs> yes you I are working with um like I I I often on work with Shaquita and a lot of people don't Technically, like working with her, but I don't mind Shaquita because, like, if she gives me shade, I give her shade right back, and it works for us. Like, we're <laughs> we're fun together because, like, with me, I love about her everything is prepared, everything is planned. It's a certain, it's a, a script, and we follow that, and then it's just us talking shit and having fun. Yeah, we love that. Next up, we got Ruby Rue. Oh lord, she is a mess. <laughs> um, I a lot of times I have to on our uh, slave Saturdays. A lot of times I would have to cut the mic, cut her mic off <laughs> because you know she has a couple of drinks and she will just tell you about your ass on the microphone. Yes, she will. <laughs> she will embarrass you, especially if you. I mean, if you've done, it's you. I mean, it's mostly because you've done something wrong. So like, she's the type. Don't do anything wrong in front of her, but she's gonna bring it up on the mic and she's going to embarrass you. Yeah, but it's all in good. It's all in good fun. I mean, sometimes people don't think it's fun, but she's she, having fun at least. She is. She's hilarious when she gets drunk, which is yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Slay Saturdays. Let's talk about Laguna Blue. Oh, I love Laguna. It's always good. Uh, he created what because we changed. We had uh, we like just changed directions and added Laguna, and uh. Well, good about Laguna Blue is like, you know, she sings. So, like, I can throw on an Ariana song. I can throw on, you know, uh, Lady Gaga song, Britney Spears song. And, like, she'll just sing over the thing, over the track on the mic. And I, I feel like that brought so much fun energy to yeah. our part, you know. It's, but it's always fun because, like, they get on stage and try to perform. But a lot of times, you know, at that point in night, when they're trying to perform, that's no room. It's, it's, that where they kick people off, but it's always a mess. So yeah. she's fallen so many times on that <laughs> stage trying to do the, the you know the signature uh Stephanie's child spins. <laughs> <laughs> and she and, and I mean she's always been able to regrain herself, but it's always it, it's always so funny because like you know, this is a good time. Yeah. <laughs> but Laguna well, is like she's one of my favorites too. I you know I, I I love, you know, I, I love working with her. We've, yeah. we've done a couple of like solo shows too, which have always been fun. Yeah, she's she's wonderful. I, I she's another one. I, like I said, she 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 was there at the beginning when I she, started. I really love her. She's 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 there. Like I like so I love her voice and I love the Christmas album that they put out. Yeah, uh, the, the little LP. Um, and um, 
Uh, she's she's the next one. I mean, one of my favorites was when she was giving it to Simon. On uh, oh, so good, <laughs> so good. Got <laughs> talent. She put him in his place, and it was just the funnest thing because she she is really shady, and I, I guess people don't. She she hides it with a smile. <laughs> mm-hmm. But she'll let you know about yourself. <laughs> True. Well, from the stages of pieces and hardware to Drag Race, next up, we got Candy Muse. Uh, I love Candy. Um, we worked together at, um, at, uh, on uh, Fridays, mm-hmm. House Fridays at Hardware for a long time. But it was just one of those things where like, uh, <laughs> they were just always late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Later than they needed to be. And it eventually, like, it was that it worked for uh, Mondays at Pieces. Mm-hmm. But, like, on the Friday nights, at a certain situation that I was in, it just didn't work. But for Candy has always been a star for me. She's funny. Because she just literally, she's like, she's so, like, in, I don't know, she's just an average, she's like that girl. She mm-hmm. is that girl. Yeah. And she just, I don't know, she, she's funny. Mm-hmm. Like she literally is funny in that husky voice she has, and she like she she is funny, and she she's very entertaining mm-hmm. like on the microphone and dancing. I mean, she when she is performing, she like gives it all out. Like she ain't gonna you ain't gonna get no no split of that, but you are gonna get a twist and turn, and she gonna spend her life. One of my favorite moments is um, I wasn't there for it, but it was at pieces when she slipped on a dollar. <laughs> I don't know if you ever, I, I've, been, I've been trying to find that video. Like oh, she literally, like you can see it, the dollar. She was like doing this, a spin, and she slipped on a dollar and fell like, I mean, hard on her ass. It right. was hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, now she's, she's great. Well, yeah, she, she won't be. She, she's going to give you what you need on TV. She's yeah. going to be that girl. She's not going to be sitting alone in VIP anymore. No, and I am. I, you know, I'm ex- I'm excited for people to see her. You know, she's I always mean, been kind of the forgotten one. She's always the one on. They talk so much shit about on Reddit, but like they'll be able to see that she is a good time person. And and when it comes to reality TV people, you you oh, you look at her and you're like, you are meant for reality TV. She's reality gold. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about her season thirteen sister Tina Burner. I love me some Tina. Um, we worked together for a while on Saturdays mm-hmm. and then, uh, things happened and, mm-hmm. uh, we had to, we went and, um, Brenda Darling took over Saturdays, right. but you know, you know, Tina is, she's fun. She is, her mixes are wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're fun. I love her. New York, her New York mix is one of my favorite ones. She has a clip of the uh, the woman on the subway when yep. the guy was like jacking his jacking off, and she tells him, "Get out!" But it's funny, like, cause Tina gets so drunk, and uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just hilarious. One of my favorite moments is uh, um, when Detox came and saw her, and Detox is friends with her. Detox is one of my friends. I've known Detox for like almost 18 years now, I think. Mm-hmm. We uh, used to live together when we li- when I was oh, nice. before she even um, before she became detox, you know, she's mm-hmm. Matthew. And um, so we, we've always been good things. But like, 
it was one of our favorite times that she came and I just recently posted the picture and Tina just like was off the rails and like they were making out it was just it was just a good time <laughs> Tina's a good time you yes know? she is I've seen her I've done brunches with her too I was she is like she terrorizes people like she, uh-huh. is, she literally uh-huh. is a monster I mean, I always carry extra dollars if I'm going to a teeny burner show because I'm afraid for my life and I just need to get have a dollar ready just in case she comes near me. She is a she terrorizes people, especially yeah. like at brunches. I think brunches are like her <laughs> like her thing because she can terrorize straight people. <laughs> yeah, we love to see it. Next up, we got one of her good sisters, Bootsy LaFerris. Oh, I love Bootsy. Bootsy is I work with her mostly uh, at Rise. And Boosie is, Boosie is funny when uh, when she's not trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. It just becomes natural. Like yeah. a lot of times, uh, they change a lot. And, and uh, when on Raj, she would talk mostly doing direct suicide. And like literally, you can if anyone's videotaping her just talking, I'm literally <laughs> blackling, like cracking up because she has like this monotone voice <laughs> and she. That's the funniest <laughs> things, you know? And then when she sings, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> next up. She's funny. Okay, go ahead. Oh. No, she, well, she's, next, a good, she's a good party girl. Yeah, she is. Well, next up, one of her co-hosts, one of my absolute favorite people on the planet, Brenda Darling. Brenda is a, she is a nonstop party girl. That's mm-hmm. why I, I love the energy that she brought to, um, our Saturdays because like she literally is just like she's if you like she's a party girl like you want someone to host a party that's her but she's gonna kick flip whip she just go she go do it all and it's just always high energy like Mm -hmm. even even if there's a ballot there's a kick a whip a slip in there and it's gonna go into like a, a, a crazy cheerleader mix and you're just gonna love it yeah and she's honestly one of the most professional queens on the entire scene i love her to death next up they're going to change the world marty gold cummings oh marty is a uh i love marty marty is uh she's always been there she's a good time i also you know so i'll actually also being sober Mm -hmm. uh, we've always had great conversations she's always invited me to things a lot of times i i got friends with a lot of people a lot of times i don't I'm never out and about or invited to things. And she's always like been there to invite me to things. And like, you know, make me feel, she's always made me feel welcome. And she, my mom loves her. (laughs) She loves my mom. Uh, Marty's going to change the world as long as she, she like gets out of her head. A lot of times she, she is so much into her head about how everyone else views her Mm -hmm. or like uh, her drag. She like, a lot of times, you know, it's that thing, you know, you don't get on drag race and then you start to self-doubt is your drag valid, which I hate. Right. And it's like, everyone has their different route. And my thing is like, Marty's route is changing the world. Not on TV, but like actually changing the world. They're, they're an activist and they, they, they've yeah. empowered so many young queer people already. To get involved, yeah. Exactly. So it's really going to be special when they have even a bigger platform. Yes. Next up, her former co-host of Ultimate Drag Pageant, Nidra Bell. 
Nisha was a good time. Uh, mm-hmm. We used to work together at Vodka Soda. So um, she's her voice. I mean, she has a voice, you know. She was on the voice, too. And she was on the voice, you know. Um, we had a good time when I, we worked at Vodka Soda. It was, it was her and, um, and, um, it was, uh, <laughs> why am I blanking? <laughs> it was a convict, you know. Yeah, a uh, convict. A shocker convict. And, um, it was good. I mean, she ended up getting replaced by, um, uh, Jackie Dupree. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Nidra, she 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 brings that soul, you know. Yeah. She's she's she she's so soulful, and she'll give you a you know a little church hymn, you know. <laughs> she'll let you know, and, you know. I've always loved that like part of bringing like that part to nightlife, you know. Yeah. That like you know, the uplifting spirit, you know. Give me the spirit, girl. <laughs> Next up, one of the best drag queens in New York City, Pixie Aventura. Uh, Pixie is. Definitely one of my favorites. She's uh, she's one of those people that's always made a way for me. Like mm-hmm. she's the one. Like we've all like I recently did a thing with Egalite, uh, which is a huge company, uh, and she brought me onto that a couple of years ago. And we always do that. She's the one. Brought, she's the reason why I work out in Fire Island. No, she's when there's always something. She's always there to bring me along. Just like yeah. Bob and Monet. Every time they've always had something, they've always. They, they like they've moved on, you know, to bigger and better things, but they always look back. And I've always been the first thing, you know, that they I've always been the first person they think of. Yeah. And me and Pixie, we have such a like a great um relationship. I have so much fun of her. And it is fun, like, you know, uh what she brings to the table. You know, she's a powerful Latinx performer that like she gives you, she celebrates her heritage yes. you know a lot of girls i think a lot of girls sometimes don't but for her you're gonna get it like if you don't like it it don't matter if you don't like it you're gonna love it she's gonna make you mm-hmm. love her she's gonna give you all of her and i love that she brings her roots to her drag like that's yeah. a part of her drag she needs and to she be just, in too long for the musical yeah i mean she I mean, she has she has John Leguizamo's blessing. I mean, she mm-hmm. did an event with him and dressed up as you know Chichi, and uh, she's destined to be a star. You know, Absolutely. I mean, she already is a star, but she's destined for a bigger and better things. And I, I just I can't wait to see those things. You know, yeah. I'm actually doing a, a project with her this weekend. So well, tell her hello from me. I miss her. Fine. <laughs> Next up, lights, camera, craction. It's Ms. Cracker. <laughs> me and Crack, I, I, I love me some Cracker. We used to do, um, we used to work together at Pieces. Mm-hmm. We had a, a, it was interesting. It was her and Judy Darling. But like they had, they were together, but they had two different shows. <laughs> so like they would alternate. So like it was always a one woman show. Like, only time they were together was like maybe Christmas time, but like it would be a one woman show. So like they were like, so it would be Cracker first one week, or then it'd be Judy first one week. And they ha- had totally different shows that would go on for like an hour and a half. And then we like, so it's almost now. Like it's like digital, like how we have now. We have like different show times. Right. That's literally how it was. It was different show times. 
Uh, and Parker, Parker has always been funny. She's like so like articulate with her mixes, mm-hmm. and uh, you know she's she's fun. I recently she's been uh, coming to Saturdays a lot for Izzy's show mm-hmm. uh, at Funhouse, and I've seen her recently. But uh, I always loved Cracker before when she even was like not doing this drag much. You know, just hanging around Bob and like having a good time. She's She's always so funny. Yeah. She's an icon. Well, she gives, she gives me a cackle. Yeah. Well, you mentioned her. Let's talk about her mom, Bob the Drag Queen. Oh, I love Bob. Bob is, Bob is definitely, she's on the top. We never actually truly worked together. We worked here and there, like different events, but we never actually had a night. Me and Bob never actually had a had a night together. Mm-hmm. But uh, I always supported Bob. I When I wasn't working, I would always be at Mondays. I yeah. always, I, her, her show at Barracuda was like one of the best shows ever. It was the, it was the first drag show I ever went to. It was, oh, it was, it was just, it was just that. Like, yeah. and it was like, um, and she was like one of my first real drag shows I did that it was a mess. It was like her, it was her and I think it was her. No, I did her show. Cause Nazi was out, and it was just we got through it, <laughs> but it wasn't the best. And then now, um, you know, every time we do something, I'm always there. Like I became one of the, you know, the mo- most. It was it was split between uh, Mitch Farino and mm-hmm. me, and then like her last uh, when she we did a whole Canada crazy uh, was it, uh crazy black lady tour mm-hmm. in Canada and she asked me to go on tour with her and it was just that was like my first tour experience and like that will always be in my heart that she asked me to do that you yeah. know and I gained so much love for Canada like I love Canada now and I've been there a couple of more times and like that and then going on separate tours with Monet and then now doing tours with both of them but I love how those girls up they've gotten to a place where they've always look back like they've always yeah. looked back to bring me along yeah they, they honor the people who help them yeah and let's let's end it with money exchange money is my girl see we actually we had saturdays together mm-hmm. and that was like saturday uh you know the brunches were just like they were magical like always so much fun you know money just she brings that light and energy that you just love to a bar, you know? Yeah. So it was great to see her, you know, get on Drag Race and then get on, you know, All-Stars and win. And then she brought me on her, you know, Call Me By Monet tour. And that was fun. And then, you know, after that, it became like, you know, the civil rights thing. So it was like, it's always fun. Like, I recently lost my uh, my grandfather and she like, you know, she's in London doing her thing. I mean, they just shut down right now because right. of the COVID, but like she was there, she messaged me. She was like, I hope everything is okay. And like, I love that about her. She's always been like that with me. If something's going on, she's always the first to reach out. And uh, I mean, I, I love her to death. I love her and yeah. Bob and, and I, I'm glad that they've, they've helped me escape. Like, I love New York City. It's my home. I've been here, yeah. you know, in July it'll be nine years. So like, it's my home, but like, it's, I love that they've they've helped me see a side uh, a life outside of New York, of right. like touring 
and like that aspect of DJing and like, you know, you know, in, in trusting me that I'm going to do a great job, you know, and, you know, I don't know, it's, it's a great, it's a great feeling when people want you. Yeah. You know, it, it's, that's, that's, it's the it's, true it's, definition of community. Yeah. It's like when, you know, someone wants, you know, that you put your hard work in and people appreciate that. Like I work hard, you know, I, that's what I do. I, um, I can't say last time I took a vacation that didn't have to do with me being, you know, on tour. Mm-hmm. So like, so COVID did help me to like, you know, get more into myself because I, I'm a, I'm a person that works hard, you know, and my, I've always been like that. I've always, I've worked hard at everything I've, I've done. I've, I, when I was DJing, I was doing a strip club DJ in, in Jacksonville. I won DJ of the year. You know, I graduated valedictorian from my, you know, college, you know, I, and when I played football, I was, uh, you know, a black college All-American. I won a national championship, you know, and here I won two grand, Glamour Awards. So it's like, whatever I do, I I put my all in and I work yeah. hard because like, you know, let's just, I this is my nature to work yeah. hard. <laughs> well, you mentioned football. I want, I do want to talk football a little bit. <laughs> Tell everyone where you played football. So I played UFO, uh, football at uh, UCF. Mm-hmm. University of Central Florida in Orlando, and also played football at Tuskegee University. How wh- how did you get involved in football? Because you, you mentioned earlier you, you were a band geek. Being, Usually, being band a, geek and football don't go hand in hand. Sometimes, uh, you know, I uh, my mom remarried, and you know, being chubby fat kid, you know, it's like, what is there to do? It's like, it's kind of it was kind of forced upon me, mm-hmm. but like I grew to love it, and it's like one of those things. I'm glad that I did it i hated it at first yeah but it, it i grew to love it um and like it's i don't know it's, it's weird now because like i love football and like i can i can watch football i can go to broadway play and it's always like there's always this disdain or like this like and like you know the gay community is like oh you're doing this because you want to be mass bro I'm like no i've done football most of my life more than i you know dj'd and you know been around drag queens being been more involved in gay, in gay nightlife it's like that's just football is a part of me it's what i enjoy watching is what i enjoy doing when i did do it um there were dark times in my life doing that and my sexuality but you know, I'm not. I still. That's still one of my first loves. You know? Absolutely. Still, still what I love. And it, it, I find that like, anytime I tell people that I, yes, I do like sports. I am a sports fan. In the gay community, they're like, "What? What? You, what does that mean?" And like, yeah. Okay. Well, it beca- don't it even talk about all, it. Like, oh, foosball or like the, this, and it becomes all this, and it's just like, yeah. for me, like I get it. It's funny sometimes, but for me, it just becomes annoying. Yeah. That like. It's like you're invalidating something I love because you're you want to associate it with like maybe rough times in your life or like right. that it's like always associated with like this typical. I mean, it is, but like at the end of the day, it's like I enjoy. It. Like I will sit there, even if my team's not playing, I'm gonna sit there and watch football all yeah. day. Like that's just what. That's just what I'm gonna do, you know. And people are like, "What are you doing watching football?" I'm like, "Oh, you're so master mass. That's so bro." I'm like, "No, it's just it's me. Like, yeah. I love football. I love Broadway. I love everything." 
And you, I would say you are a diehard Bears fan. I am. How, how are your Bears doing this year? How, you, how, how are you holding up? They were good for, um, they went five and one mm-hmm. for the first six games, but then they just lost six And uh, they just won a game. Uh, but yeah. they're, it's more the management, the ownership, it's like the direction. The, it's, uh, it's like they're, it starts with the ownership. I think the ownership, they need to sell the team. Uh, also feel like they need to change GMs. They need to change coaches. It's like something isn't working. And like, mm-hmm. if you continue, like there's, there's, there's one bad seed and then like that bad seed goes into another bad seed. It's just like nightlife. Like yeah, one bad seed, it goes into bad, bad seed. And then things just become unsuccessful because like no one's happy and you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a Giants fan i guess we'll, we'll, we'll call it a fan right now i just like think it's absolutely ridiculous the way playoffs work that they're going to make the playoffs being as terrible as they are and, and being it's, a, it's, a fourth seed yeah right now with the yeah the nf the, the, the nfc lease is what they call and, right it's, and it's not anything new every year every it, they're year. all that, bad that that division has always been like it's either no. really good it's either one at the top everyone's bad but it's like they all fight with mm-hmm. themselves, you know. You know them. Then you have like the the Washington football team, which is that's uh. so funny. But I do love their like because it's like their uniforms are going more to a co- collegiate style too. Yeah. Because it's the football team is not the Redskins anymore. So like that was kind of a, getting a get a good laugh out of that. I and I, I don't just think, I'm not there, I don't think they're changing it. Like they're. I like, just find it so funny interim. that like. It's been years. They knew this was going to happen at some point. Yeah. They didn't have a backup name ready to go. <laughs> like, gonna, this is going to be the Washington football team. <laughs> yeah. You also, I would say, you, you, you are a fashion icon and an unofficial ASOS spokesperson, I would say. <laughs> why is fashion so important to you? And why can no one ever like look as good as you, no matter what you wear? Well, you know, the thing is, is I... I wasn't so much into it until I started working with Frankie Sharp mm-hmm. and I started uh, hosting parties and it was just like, it's like, oh, they're going to pay me to come in and look. It was like, okay, I need to have a new look. I need to have to, have to do this. And it just became a thing. Like I would start getting things made by Jasmine. Jasmine Rice has made a lot of mm-hmm. things for me. Um, and then that kind of snowballed me into, uh, you know, finding ASOS. And then finding my one friend, uh, I I support a lot of uh, minority uh, local businesses. Like this this little shamer thing I have right now, which is like is called as by my friend Damien from Culture and Fate. And I wear yes. like he does a lot of my all of my like glistening glams. So like when I went to the glams, yeah, that was my mm-hmm. outfit. Like he's my go-to designer. Uh, and then like accessories, like this is from from my friend's material memoir, and. Um, and then I have Isley is one of my favorite people too. And it's like all these queer people that I've like, most, like I said, most happened from just hosting parties. And it was like, yeah. oh, well, you need to have a look. And it became a thing where it was like, okay, well now I need to do this. And then it became a part of my DJing. So yeah. like, that's what came with my headphones. Like everything is like sparkle. And like, it, it's, I'm like, so it's like that thing. And it became to where like, it also pushed people like, hey, I want you to DJ because like I know you're gonna come up and right. some something you're gonna look fun and you're gonna have a good time. So like it's cost me a lot of money because when I go <laughs> do my taxes 
and I look at Howard. Right off. As spit at these faces, especially like ASOS, which is where my first like love, I was like, wow. They shouldn't just make you a <laughs> spokesperson. When you get into like those those five digits. Yeah, they, they, they need to just hire you because I don't think people knew ASOS existed until you. You know me, I'm going like, oh, this is this is ASOS. And I was and I was buying things that most people wouldn't wear. Right. Um and you pull it, it all it, off. But it put and it, and what happened when I found this person, my friend of culture of fate, was at DragCon because I wore a jacket mm. that I knew I knew everyone was gonna have a jacket. I knew it. Right. So I was like, I'm gonna wear it anyway. I went to the, the DragCon. Everyone had on the ASOS sparkly jacket. So I had to immediately find something new. Like immediately. And yeah. I I bumped into like this these culture and fate. And I bought my first piece. And then after that, it's just been like custom. Like he's like literally like a person I'll be like, hey, I need something. He'll send me a box over. Uh oh, send nice. me a box of things that he thinks that the he knows my size. He's like, you'll probably like this. And I pick through them. And then what I don't like, he'll come pick it up and then he'll just invoice me later. So I've, nice. I've gotten like that, like into like those, like my, my other friend who cares why not, um, my friend Sam is like, I've gotten to the place where like people were like, oh, just be, I'll build you later, you know, take this, you know, just rock yeah. it and like, you know, I, my thing is I, I love fashion, so I love anything, I just, I love anything sparkly, and I've learned just to put things together and just have a good time, you know, fashion is what you make of it. Absolutely. <laughs> You've gotten to tour the UK. You've gotten to tour Canada. Is there, if there, is there any place in the world that you want to visit next? When the world's safe to visit again? Oh, I don't even know. Like I want it. Uh, maybe uh, Australia. Yes, that's I've a never, good choice. I've, I've, I've never been to Australia. I was supposed to go on a tour and I decided not to, which I would have been able to go to Australia and I didn't. Um, Australia, because I've been to, I mean, my place, if I were to move right now, mm-hmm. it would move. I would move to Canada. Yeah. Uh, and I have friends there now. Um, I was sad because like this, we had our 40 city North American tour lined up. Pacific Library, which is going to be like, you know, a lot of Canada, but a lot of the East Coast, West Coast, and it was all lined up, you know, get on that bus, ride that bus around, yeah. and then COVID came in and changed it. And then it was rescheduled for the March of next of this year coming up, but then like they halted it because they don't know when the vaccine's coming out, so how things happen. So um, I'm excited to get back on the road. Yeah. I guess I love New York City, but like I only about traveling, especially traveling on a tour bus. I know people hate it. It's fun. It's unique. Do, it's, for me, it's fun because like it's and I, it's uh I I like it more than flying because like when mm-hmm. flying, you're going flying from city to city. That we've done It's like you have to pack up, you have to unpack, go through cut, you have to go through this, you got to go through security. It just it becomes obnoxious. Call this, 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 this. We're on the bus. Everything is just there, and then you park. You'll get a hotel sometimes, and sometimes. Uh, Sometimes you don't, but like, it, but it, it's also, I've noticed how people like, because sometimes fans will be like, oh, why are the girls don't come out and why they don't do this or why like this? I'm like, it's exhausting. Because when you think about like, just like 
you having to put on, we had to go on rehearsals a lot of times we go on tour. We literally fly in, we, we, we drop off our stuff at the hotel and we literally get on up there and go straight to the venue and we're there right. until the show. So we're there for like five hours, like just there, you know, until mm -hmm. the show starts and you have the show and then you have all this. So it's like, it's, it's, it's tiring. Like it's yeah. fun for fans to see, but like there's a lot of work that goes on behind scenes that sometimes like it affects, it's not supposed to, but sometimes it just affects because like you're just trying to put on a great show for everyone. But like, sometimes you can't hold that smile. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fatigue is real. It is a real is. thing. <laughs> We're going to move into the pop five, rap, pop five rapid fire. I'm going to give you five pop culture headlines, and you're going to give me a word, phrase, story, whatever you want to talk about for each. First up, Jesse Nelson leaves Little Mix after nine years. That was rough. Uh, I know she left from mental, mm -hmm. she had mental issues, but I mean, that, that happens. I guess you're touring, you're with girls. <laughs> All those, like, you know, all of that. Also, I guess not getting the recognition that you deserveably need. Like, they've always been like the back burner to Fifth Harmony, which I mm -hmm. don't understand why, because so Little Mix can sing, out sing. Absolutely. I'll sing Fifth Mix anytime. You know, uh, I feel for her. Hopefully, that, you know, she gets the help you need, but sometimes you just have to separate yourself. Mm -hmm. It sucks after, like, they've, it's like they just put out this great album, right. but it's like also they can't really tour with it. So it's like one of those things where everything is like in the stalemate. So right. it's like when everything's in the stalemate, it like you start to look at your life and look how things affect and you start to reevaluate what's going on in life. I guess this time has like made her reevaluate re what she feels is more important in her life. Right. And that's for her, you know, her mental, her mental health, you know, to get the rest and help that she needs yeah and if and i'm sure they will welcome her back should she want yeah. to come back anytime and i'm listen, sure she'll probably come back exactly like, not, i don't i think it's an indefinite like i'm left forever thing, right. thing you know it's you know it's like at this point in time in her life she just needs a break you know yeah. and and there have definitely been girl groups in the past who've had some member changes destiny's yeah. child wasn't destiny's child that we know and love now <laughs> crazy though <laughs> it's crazy it's insane it's so wild to think about that became like the thing i mean well because beyonce was still the right she's you always know, there know, but but the thing is i didn't think that she was going to be the star nope mm -mm. she was in the original destiny show nope for me was... i thought it was like you know latoya latoya was like yeah. more of a like she was prettier and i thought she was going to be like that i didn't see beyonce becoming a thing that she became yeah she and she became a she became thing. she became th the, the thing instant. she became the thing yeah all right number two is ma rainey's black bottom debuts on december 18th on netflix i don't know what that is it's the new um viola davis movie um based on the play she's, oh she's well, gonna, okay. she's gonna I, win an I, oscar I, for it oh that's like this i i mean i love viola davis i mean murder <laughs> yeah, how to go with murder? I, didn't worry about, I was so late in the game for that because <laughs> I didn't get into it until after Bob made that video. Mm -hmm. And Bob made a video, and I just I didn't I didn't get it. Like, I didn't understand the video at all. Yeah, and I was like, what is this? Everyone kept talking about it, you know. <laughs> and I was like, I don't get this. And then after that, I started watching it, and she literally became one of my favorite people. Like, it's 
it's crazy how she takes a role and it's like it's she transforms. She, is just, like, she transforms. You know, I was always that girl. I never watched. I've never watched Scandal. I know people mm-hmm. are like, "Oh, I'm taking your black card away because you never watched <laughs> Scandal," and Carrie watched them. But like, I don't know. I saw like maybe one episode of Scandal. It just wasn't my thing. I loved, yeah. but like, how to get away with murder? I mean, I hated that it ended, but I think. They, they ended it at the up. right time, yeah. They, yeah, and they wrapped it up in a way that it made sense. Sure. But it was like the foreshadowing of the of the last season, it didn't make any sense until it made sense at the end. Right. When you were like, oh, that's not, you were like, you're thinking Wes is still alive, but that's not Wes. It's, you know, her child that looks like Wes. Right. And I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, and this will be uh, Chadwick Boseman's final uh, film appearance. So. Oh, he's in this one. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it'll be interesting. Oh, that was. Uh, I'm glad that they're not recasting his. Yeah. I think that's that was the best thing because I, agree. I think it's one of those things where like a person becomes so like synonymous with a role, especially in a blockbuster like that. Mm-hmm. You know, in a cultural thing. You know, yeah. it's like it's you can't just change that. You know. Yeah. Number three, Drag Race season thirteen. Should be interesting. I'm yes, just mad they're already, they're already casting. They're already casting 14. You know, I know. With the deadline I, is what? what January what is, uh, 15th or something. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Um, Let the girls excited, have their moment. I'm excited for it, but I also just hate that. I mean, it's it's fun now because it's on Friday because we don't have anything going on. But right. I miss those old days of logo where it was on, you know, Monday. Yeah. It, it helped the. It helped the gay community not bring the community down that supports it, you know. I agree. But become it, it became so mainstream where it became so more like straight oriented, I guess this day, mm-hmm. where it becomes like it became this thing. I mean, I'm excited for this season, obviously to see my friends and also, you know, you have the first trans male on there. So it's gonna be interesting yeah. to see that aspect of how they identify themselves on the show and how people respond to that and it mm-hmm. not being I guess because people are now are upset that it's not a trans woman it's like they're mad because it's more on the masculine scale than on the feminine scale they should be but they have all-stars coming out you know Sonique and mm-hmm. you know Jiggly are going to be on there yep. I'm guessing now people want a more um, they wanted to be like you know next season they want you to cast a trans woman like this yeah. is a trans woman even though they did cast people like you know peppermint but it was like right then you get to that whole thing where, like what she wasn't she was always she was trans but she wasn't presenting and that became a whole issue right. about things that that's that's what came that whole drama with like you know about jig uh, with a uh with a um what's her name uh fucking asian uh yeah Gia, the, the, the Gia, the whole thing like being the trans, like, but she was, you know, all these girls were before, you right. know, it's just the way the world perceives. It's, it sucks to how, unless you're fully perceived physically as a woman, mm-hmm. that people see that that's the only way that that's, they, that's their poster child of what trans is. Right. And not what, you know, trans has different meanings, trans has Absolutely. different, different appearances, you know? Absolutely. But it should be, it should, I, I mean, I'm, ex, I'm excited because obviously we've all heard the, the leak 
and all that stuff. So like it's 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 interesting to see because like at the end of the day, it always I mean last season it was like a midwestern thing, right, in a New Yorker thing. But like this season it ends up being you know New York and L.A., which it it tends to usually always end yeah. up being. So it's just we got, we, we got talent here, you know. <laughs> Number four, Steve Kornacki makes people's sexiest man alive list. Did he? He did. I, mean, I you know what? It's something about that big boy, that big boy in those khakis. Like now, <laughs> like he's been doing. They pushed him over to um, NFL, so he's yeah. doing all the probabilities of like the what's going to happen to the playoffs. So <laughs> I'm into it. It's you know, it's it's one of those things where you know. People like I mean he's sexy to me. And like physically people might not think he's sexy, but it's like that to me, you know, the physical part of is not the whole thing about being sexy. Mm-hmm. It's just about what you present and what about Absolutely. like you know what's sexy about him, his like a smile, you know, his confidence, his you know, you know, his his him being so smart, you know. Yeah. But I also find him attractive, you mm-hmm. know. But some people might not think he's sexy but like i mean he's he is sexy it's like this year they named the actual sexiest man alive like this makes more sense like before (laughs) like everyone was upset like it was john legend which i i see why people had you know issues with john legend being the sexiest man alive i was like "Mm." he's sexy light (laughs) well speak Exactly. Well, speaking of John Legend, number five is Carter Rubens wins The Voice season 19. I mean, we all saw it coming. And my thing is, like, he is, I'm not taking anything away from him. He is a talented kid. Absolutely. I see him being the next, like I said, we talked about it, the next Disney mm-hmm. star. I see him being on Broadway. I don't know specifically how he's going to translate into, like, pop and stuff like that his voice i sure. don't know but you know he has that voice kind of like how justin bieber like if you listen to like baby baby he kind of has like that voice so you kind of can see how like his voice will mature but i guess it, just, it depends on where it goes i was upset about the finale just because of the way the ranking yeah the ranking for me was just weird for ian to be third I think mm-hmm. that really got me. I was just like, I enjoyed him, but like, he was not better than Dez for me. No. But this is America's thing. It's like, and it's that one of those things. I, I posted something on Facebook, and then someone posted, "Oh, that's the most racist cotton I've ever seen." I was like, "Well, no, it, the American votes on this, you know." Right. And you saw what happened. It ended up being two white men, you know. Yep. Just like the presidential race, like just like that's this yeah. is how America is perceived, and it's not. It's not me being racist. It's just like it's the fact. Absolutely. You can't tell me that Ian was better than Dez. On a show called The Voice. Now, yeah, on The Voice. Now I can understand with John Holiday because like he for me declined. He was great at the beginning, but John Legend's song choices and the way he created he hurt him. him. He hurt him because like for me, he did that cold play thing and then he did this. And he did that Beyonce, which was awful. Yeah. But for for me, it was if you're gonna do some Beyonce, I would have think I thought Listen would have been a better song because then like Absolutely. he can be it can, it's more theatrical. He can show his vocal range. I don't think Halo was a great choice 
for him. And I just wish he had he had a leg up on everyone else. It's like he had opera, he had jazz. And I wish they had pushed more into that. I mean, because you have a country singer, you have country. Why not have someone who does jazz and not try to make them so yeah. pop culture? And I I hated that. It just I mean he he's someone me. he I would love to see him on Broadway. I think he would yes. oh, he'll be incredible. Be yeah. So um, I, I he'll hope be, he'll be kind of like Alex Newell. Newell yeah. You know, like that. Boy, I, you know? I, I, I wish him all the best. I hope he does get some opportunities. I know in the age of COVID, it's like you, you, right. you had the momentum, but it's right. already stopped because there's nothing right. to do. And but, like I said, I wasn't, and I also wasn't upset with Jim Ranger because he has put on some power. I love sure. his story. And he actually has a great voice because it's not like it's like a country rock, but like like I can listen. It's to, rough. I can like literally, I I can buy his vinyl and just put it on vinyl yeah. and listen to, it, you know, yeah. you know, and just hang out with friends because like he has that voice that's comforting, you know, and but so good when he performed on top of that rock mm-hmm. and like he was just singing, him singing without an instrument, him just singing and that being a part of him and not having to worry about instrument, yeah. I thought brought it out. So I saw why he would, I would have preferred this second, mm-hmm. but I saw why he was second. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, as someone who has loved these singing competitions for years, like American Idol was my show. And there was a whole right. period where I think it was like five seasons in a row where white guy with guitar wins. And it's not because they're not talented. It's because that's what America is voting on. And yeah, that's what America want, wants. They want country. They want, that's like, that's how the voice has been. It's mostly exactly. it's been like country, country, country. So country, until like, you change the mold, you, you, we, we can't complain too much. Right, right, right. And I was say, I, I was say, I am not, I'm not shading the winner. I love. Absolutely. Because he, he's saying, when he's saying the rainbow connections, like they gave me a tear, like he mm-hmm. has a voice. I think that voice showed all the ranges of his, of his voice. Yep. And he is going to be a star, you know? So I'm not, I just hate where they made it this whole Gwen and Blake thing the whole season. And it became that in the end, Blake versus Gwen. Like we discussed earlier, it's reality TV. It's It's it's, reality TV. So it's like all, it's a a, a setup. But like, it's the same thing when we have, like we said, we have with Dancing with the Stars, you know? Mm -hmm. All the reason why, you know, she won is because, you know, she has, the ABC backing, mm-hmm. and she has, you know, she has uh, the Bachelor and the Bachelor family, even though we all know Neve should have won. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> even love Justina. Terrible. I want to just, I had my uh, my heart was in Justina. I knew, I knew Justina, I, she was my heart, but I knew technically she wasn't the best, right. but she was the most entertaining to watch. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But like when you look, come to the finale, you saw what Neve put out. Right. And that was what, a star. And then what the winner, what's her, I forgot her name? Caitlin Bristow. What she put out, it was night yeah. and day. Even when they did, they redid their best ones. Hit yeah. the Swan, that was way better than what she put on. It was just like, I agree. are we really like, like America? I was, that was a big shock to me. I didn't know the shock. That was a shock to Twitter. Everyone uh-huh. was like shocked, but like it was all that thing, like that he had never won. So it was like, yeah. You know, Gwen never won. So, but I mean, Gwen did have the talent. And like as a Kristen, Crystal, because she had talent. I'm not going to say she wasn't a bad dancer. I just thought Neve was better. I agree. 
Well, I have a fan corner question for you. This is from Inley Fisher. How has the dating app life been for you in the age of COVID? <laughs> well, for the first part of, of COVID, I was, uh, in a, I wasn't, I was very like closed off to the fact mm-hmm. of even having anyone in my apartment, especially when like the, um, especially when it was on lockdown. When we started opening more things in July, my I was in a relationship and my uh, ex, he was like in Denver and he came back and we rekindled for a couple of months and then we separated again. So um, he uh, that took away that he him being here, I was more focused on him. Mm-hmm. And then once now that that's been done since October, it's been a spike more in me just, you know, living my life and still, you know, being, you know, um, responsible, you know. Yeah. Most of the people, like, I've, is more, as I've recently connected with a lot of people who are just, like, chill. Like, I would say, like, I, I made this status the other day about the um, strawberries and, uh, did you see that status? I saw it, uh-huh. <laughs> so, this, yeah, I had been messaging for uh, a while. We had never gotten up or whatever. And we finally was like, come over. And we, you know, we just sat, we had, a, you know, you had your thing. And then that, we were done. And I was like putting on my clothes to leave. And he was like, no, stay. So like, he's Jewish. So I've been, ha- I've been celebrating Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we just been, you know, it's been a good time. So it's like, it's sometimes you connect with people like, even if it's not, it's, it's uh, nothing more than what is going to happen. Dating in New York City is hard. You know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, hard, yeah. especially with in my, in my field, it's always been hard for me just because I've always worked and I've always put work ab- above everything and I work long hours. Like people's like, oh, you can have a successful, like some DJs do have those successful things, but I think a lot of those aren't working as hard as me. I mean, not hard as me, but they're not working every day as me yeah or and they are and they have established relationships like you have people like you know nikki budox and they have he has an established relationship where like they've been together you know and they have opposite scheduling that works for them and uh oh ricky's in a day or like mitch farino like they are all in these long term relationships that work but for me it's always been hard just because like i'm always working and it's always easier for i was like you know, right? You see, you know, like with drag queens, I'm like, yeah, but like they don't have to be there all night. You can leave. With me, I have to be there until four o'clock in the morning. And after yeah. that, and I'm so focused. And when I'm at work, on everyone having a good time, that I don't, I don't see that aspect. But people are like, oh, you must right. get hit on all the time. I was like, a lot of times I don't see that because like I'm working. I want to make sure everyone has a good time, and I kind of leave myself out. You know. So, I mean, dating, like I said, dating is, I've only been, I've been in two relationships in the almost nine years I've been here in New York City. And they both ended. <laughs> yeah, dating is hard. Dating is, it, it, it's, it's, it's not easy. And I, I've it's caused a lot of depression on my end. So I understand it. Uh, and it's also harder with me because it's always those things where you know, you don't know if, is that person there because of, into you? Right. Um, or who you are yep and i've had that like are they using you because like with me like the last couple of years since i've been like pushing more into nightlife i mean being more present you know as a thing 
I live in Hell's Kitchen. So it's like one of those things like, are they into you because you live in Hell's Kitchen and you you work a nightlife, you know everyone, you can get them into things, you can get them drinks. Are they into you? Absolutely. And it's hard to distinguish the, it's hard to distinguish that fact to the point where it's like you had to look, does this person actually love me or are they just using me? Yeah. And those are the issues I've, I've had a lot. I hear you. <laughs> so I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question, and this is a question from Cake. Aside from Donald Trump, who is your least favorite modern pop culture icon? Oh, fucking, uh, that bitch. Oh, what's her name? Fucking the white, the blonde hair girl. Carol Baskin? uh, No, not her. (laughs) Um, She's the one that always sticks up with Donald Trump. I forgot what her name is. Kaylee McEnany or Kellyanne Conway? No, not in the the white off. She's just, just, um, uh, Tammy Lauren. Her. Yeah, she's a mess. That one. She's terrible. <laughs> she's a terrible person. Oof. She is a terrible human being. The things that comes out of her mouth, I'm just like, how do you believe this? And I don't know if it's just like a party. I feel like people get so enamored with like this party affiliation that they have to be so loyal that they're just really oblivious to life and yeah. like things around them. I'm just like, did you really stay there? I mean, we, we all live in our own bubbles, but like their bubble yeah. seems to need a little popping. It's just like, you know, and, I, and it's like, you don't know if it's is this what you believe or this is you do this for ratings where you right. can always be in like the Twitter, the fights, you want everyone to know, Absolutely. you know, your name, you know, it's just wild. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't, I, I, I don't a mess. know. I, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. This this country's a mess. <laughs> yeah, and hope hopefully we'll be on the right track very soon. But hopefully, there, there's I a mean, lot of there's there is a lot of trash to clean up first. There's a lot, and and it's like if hopefully like the changes that they want to make, if those don't get stalemate, it's like one of those things. Is like even like the relief that we're trying to get right now. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like I just don't understand it. Like people are suffering. People yeah. are dying. So this whole political party thing, like, I want this, I want that, I don't want to give you this. But like y'all are all sitting in your nice homes at, at home. You're going on, we're paying for you to go on break to sit at home and do nothing. You know? It's true. We're struggling. Like Cromwell just pulled the rug from under us and now we indoor dining, which we've statistically shown counts for one point five percent of new COVID infections. But it's the only thing they can control. So it's like, it's like you do that right before Christmas. And like now, it's like they're doing so many things like him and like just just the the country is like the places like New York. I don't know how it's going to come back because New York thrives on Broadway and nightlife. And when you don't have those things, New York is just another city. If you don't have the arts, New York is... It's just an it's just an ex, too much too expensive a place to live. It's so it's like, true. why am I here if those things aren't here for me? Yeah, and, and we've lost so many people having to move away lost, because of yeah. it, and it's really sad. It's it's 
because I think yeah I mean we might we might lose some more now yeah absolutely it's 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 devastating but I I know that we are a resilient community and I know that we will come back together when we can yeah um but it just until we get there it's gonna suck yeah well now is crazy yeah I can't it's gonna be the best pride ever (laughs) It's now your turn to ask my next guest a question. You don't get to know who it is, but you can ask a question about literally anything you like. Oh, Lord. Uh, what would I ask? Uh, I'm gonna, I wanna, I'm gonna ask a RuPaul question. Do it, I love it. <laughs> I mean, like, if you could look at your younger self, what would you tell, would you, what would you tell them? All right. What you I say to it. your younger self? Yeah. I love that question. It's a good question. Yeah. It really now, is. So you, you think about that. You're like, what would you say to your younger self? You know? I, I, yeah, I, I, I've thought about it a couple times and it depends on my mood what I would tell my younger <laughs> self. But I also want to expand the podcast community. Who do you want to hear me interview? Oh, who's fun? Uh, No, so many options, so many good people. Right. <laughs> Who have you done? I I mean, I've done a lot of interviews. I mean, this I've done over 230 plus podcasts. So, so you probably have people that I would want to hear from. Uh, There's a lot of done, people who... Have you done Izzy Uncut? I, I have not gotten Izzy Uncut on the podcast uh, for a solo interview. We have talked about it, and I think that's an excellent choice. <laughs> I literally saw her yeah. last week. And Izzy I was like, has a lot to say. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, I know. I, that's a great choice. Izzy, we're going to make this happen. Well, where can we find you on social media and Venmo? And for those wanting DJ Two-Face merch, where can we get it? All right. So right now, for if you want merch, you just go to uh, www.thedragdj.com. And that's where all my merch is. Uh, my Instagram is, is drag DJ. So look up Drag DJ, and um, that's my Venmo, PayPal, this Cash App. It's all Drag DJ, uh, and my Mixcloud. I put a lot of my um, things on uh, Mixcloud. I haven't, I haven't uploaded something recently, but I probably will. But mm-hmm. like Mixcloud, Mixcloud.com/slash uh, Drag DJ. So basically, Drag DJ is across all platforms. Because people are like, why is that your Instagram thing? It's like because I had uh, DJ Two Face NYC, and like when I would when I came up with with DJ Two Face, it was just like me, right? Wasn't someone else, and like moving to New York City because there's another one like this, and like he doesn't live here; he's like another country. But um, I um, it was always NYC, and then like. I was like, I just wanted to change something. And then like, I happened to say like, what about, you know, I do all these drag shows. What about drag DJ? And I was shocked. So shocking. I was shocked that it was available. I was <laughs> like, I was like, I gotta do this. I gotta change it. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's yours. You got it. It's me. And, you know, now I have like the merch, everything drag DJ. So next one is a drag DJ. So like, you know, I have, um, I'm in the works of getting, I just sold out of the beanies that I did have, but I have new beanies 
because it's cold time. So I have new beanies coming up. I still have shirts on there and pins. Yeah, one of I got pins. I got my pin. Uh, everything's always shiny. I, I'm I'm trying to think of I'm doing another shirt coming up because like we're gonna be out of work. So I'm like trying to push this merchandise as much as I push can to push. get somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was such a pleasure chatting with you. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of course, it was so much fun. I had a good time. It's, it's fun just to chat and talk, you know? If Absolutely. You forget about like how fun it is just like sitting and talking to someone, you know? Yes. But we don't well, get to do as much now. We don't. It, it's true. Well, thank you for being here. Of course. The biggest thanks to DJ Two-Face for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterinthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.